Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart radio program, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. You can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go out to our chat room, which is on our website, and it's available right now. You can ask your questions, leave your comments, or if you just want to send a prayer request, you're welcome. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers Tabernacle Church, while I send your pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're in the Dallas area, you feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 
4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are listening to this program and thank you for your continued prayers and support. Yes, yes. Now, what do you do when your perfectly planned life takes an unexpected turn? On today's show, we're going to have a young lady who is the author of Discipling through your Discipling through your Oh my goodness Sorry Discipling through your Disability I'm sorry Discipling through your disability She's going to share with us Her story of being told That her newborn baby boy Is born with A condition Called C H D is a congenital heart defect and also Down syndrome. Also going through a painful divorce all while balancing life and ministry along with raising three children as a single mother. Today's episode is entitled Discipling Through Your Disability. So without further ado, I want to welcome right now, and everyone, please welcome Miss Dr. Anita Allen Penn on the program. How are you doing today, ma'am? Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, I'm I'm honored. I'm honored to have you here. Number one, sorry for butchering up. Your introduction, but I'm very honored that you're here. And um, without further ado, first, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Anita, Anita Allen Penn. I am a proud parent of three remarkable children, Nadia, Nia, and Nicholas. Nicholas is, is my son that you were referring to that, uh, have his disability and to disciple through my own disabilities. Right now, I uh, currently serve as the ministry director at the Greater Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, under the headship of Dr. David Henderson, Jr., and I have been in that position for the last three years. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom, but I stay very busy with my children and their activities and with the various uh, ministry opportunities that I have. Mm-hmm. Currently working on my second project, my second book project. So I'm very excited to share this with you. This is a, a very passionate piece for me. Um, and it, and it kind of helped me get through some things. Writing this book helped me get through some things. And I hope that there'll be something that I can share on the show today that will help someone else understand that they don't have to lose their faith while in the fight for their life. 
Yes. And I will say this. I met you in um, seminary school and, um, you know, just getting a chance to meet you, see you. One of the things I can say, a lot of times people people think that people in ministry are stuck up or non-approachable or anything like that. But one thing I will say, and I want to give you your accolades right now, um, from the time that I met you on up to right now, you've always been the same. You've been very consistent. So I want to thank you even for you just having a heart, like I said, to even come up on the show and even for your friendship. So I really, really uh, thank you for that. And I thank you too for considering me to be on your show. We never know why people are placed in our lives and why God allows us to be connected to people. But I do appreciate you and I appreciate you reaching out and giving me the opportunity to speak with your, with your, um, your following the, those who, who listen to you all the time. Yes. Yeah. But thank you. Um, now, starting off now, where are you originally from? Um, I was born in Port Arthur, Texas. However, I was raised in Flint, Michigan. So I really consider Flint, Michigan my home. Okay. I was raised there, uh, edu- uh, educated there through the elementary uh, school system and high school. And I did return to Texas to do my undergraduate uh, work at Jarvis Christian College. Um, upon completing there, I moved back to Flint for a few years and um, had the opportunity to work there in the school district. And then I moved back to Texas um, in 1990. And I have, uh, actually before 1990, around 1989, 88, 89, and then I've been here basically uh, for good <laughs> since then. Now, um ask you this. Um, <clears throat> As far as getting into ministry, um, even your calling, um, how was your calling presented to you? Well, um, when I knew that there was a calling on my life, I did not know what direction God was calling me to go in. Um, I did have a wonderful support system at the church that I was attending, and um, my pastor at the time just told me to keep praying and to keep praying, and I did. But then I was also surrounded around people who prayed for me. I still did not fully understand what God was calling me to um, until I had Nicholas, and I got to see what direction God was leading me in. And I could tell then that he had been preparing me um, for probably about, five or six years before I really knew what it is that, that God needed for me to do. Um, it's awesome once you figure out and once it's revealed to you what your true calling is. We all have a mandate to 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 tell how good God is. But um, when you have something beside that, it's going to be something in you and it's going to be something that you're faced with that ends up being what it is that your ministry will be about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you found that to be true with yourself and with what you're doing now. But uh, my passion is for, for women. 
My passion is for women who are facing life-changing events, major life-changing events that they cannot get rid of. Um, some things you just can't get can't get rid of. For my case, um, I, I share that. I had parents who would do anything for me. I had a mo- I have a mother who all she wanted to know is how to fix it. If she could write write a check and fix it, it was done. I have a father who I I felt like could beat up anybody if they were messing with me. He was uh, he's a very strong protector. But mm-hmm. those things that I had learned about them and grew up with that wasn't gonna fix the situation. So I had to then dig my my heels in and say, okay, God, it's me and you now. I have to depend on you. Um, a pastor out of, of Virginia, Lance Washington says, you never know God is all you need until you know, until you find out God is all you got. And I was in that situation. And um, knowing that God was all that I had, I had to find out from him, what is it that you need me to do? Because I got some stuff I need for you to do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> so so you were saying while you were praying and seeking God, um, you know you had some something but you didn't know exactly what direction or which direction to go into until Nick was born. That's correct. Mhm. That is correct. You know, sometimes we have to we have to show that we are not going to be movable. Um, I didn't I didn't stop seeking God. I didn't stop trying to find out what it is that I that I had to had to do that He needed for me to do. Um, but it had also had not been revealed because I knew that there was a call on my life before I had my son. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when I had him. Um, it just kind of put some things in perspective. Now I will back up and say that um, Nicholas's condition had been diagnosed when I was 22 weeks pregnant. So I knew that he had a heart condition, the CHD that you mentioned, the congenital heart defect. He had something called full AV canal, which basically says is that he did not have any dividers in his heart. The way our hearts operate is that the blood has to be oxygenated to go through our bodies to help our bodies function properly. But his blood that was oxygenated was also mixing up with blood that was not. So it made him be very fatigued and very tired. But they were able to see this before he was born. Um, So at 22 weeks pregnant, I was going about my regular day. I already had a two-year-old. She was at my godmother's house who was babysitting for me. And um, I went for just a regular sonogram. And I was given the news that baby B, who I didn't even know was a boy, I just knew I was pregnant with twins. I had a baby A and a baby B. And baby B had a defective heart. His heart wasn't developing properly. And at that doctor's office, all they could tell me was his heart isn't developing properly and that I needed to see a specialist. And so the doctor left the room for me to get dressed. And as I proceeded to walk out of the room um, to give my next set of directions, he gave me a MapQuest paper 
because this was before we had GPS. He gave mm-hmm. me a map quest and told me that the doctor was expecting me. Now, mm-hmm. I have lived in this area for a long time, but I wasn't really familiar with it. And I, I later, in looking back at that moment, I later can see that God was already sending me in some unfamiliar territory, literally driving from one location to another location. I don't remember the time that it took. I don't really remember the route. I do know that I wasn't familiar with the route. Um, But that was my, my real start out in this new territory. But I trusted God so much that even in going into a, a an area that I, I was unfamiliar with, I knew that it was me and him, and I trusted that he had me in it. Um, I got to the next doctor's appointment, and uh, at some point in driving from one appointment to the next, I did have the wherewithal to called my godmother to let her know I was going to be late picking up my daughter. And I don't remember much of the conversation, but I do remember that she was sitting at the doctor's office. She and her daughter were sitting at the doctor's office when I made it. And from that point, uh, my sister that you, that you met that was also in school with us, Mm -hmm. um, Jamra, she took on the question and answering period and, I I really just kind of sat there almost as if I was having an out-of-body experience. Um, I can look back on it now and see that I really was just in shock that I had gotten that diagnosis. But it let me know that one of the most important things that we have to remember is that God will put people in our lives that will get from one step to the to the next. And so just in that in that one day, I, I knew that God had me, even though I was going in some unfamiliar territory, and that he also had me to build my village around who not only would help me, but would help Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like I said, I was pregnant with twins. So when I was listening to the the hardships and the and the problems with one child, I couldn't make decisions just based on him because I had another baby to consider that was also forming and growing in my body who had no diagnosis of any type of problems. So God then was showing me that he's in control because in the same body, you can have one child that's having a lot of issues and one that's having no issue. But he was showing himself to be so strong um, that I had to continue to trust him. Uh, I, I remember reading and, and trying to find out everything I could find out about Nicholas's heart condition. And then finding out um, from the doctor um, the percentage of children that have this particular heart defect also have Down syndrome. So then I was hit with, it's a very high probability, about a 67% chance that he also would have Down syndrome. So, you know, at that point even, 
you can start having pity parties. But I remember that I was so blessed to have a, a doctor, my OB, who was a Christian man. And he looked at me and he said, if you knew he was, if you knew that your baby would be born with Down syndrome, would you abort him? And I said, no. He said, well, then why do you need to know? You don't need to have any more tests. Let them just find out what they need to do when it comes to the heart. And then you just figure everything else out once the child gets here. And so that was the approach I took for the remainder of my pregnancy. I did have some fear, but God was showing me how strong he was in my life because things were just kind of working out. Um, I had a family that was supportive. I had friends that were supportive. I had a church family that was supportive. Um, And then I just, I kind of can laugh about it now. Almost everybody in my family were educators and they Mm -hmm. were retired. And I say, you know, why wouldn't God put put a child that's gonna need some extra some extra help in this family because this is what we do. This we and, and now with y'all being retired, you don't have anything else to do but but try to figure out how we're gonna take care of Nicholas. Mm-hmm. But um I was so so grateful that um I had my family, I had I had my friends and um I, I went about trying to figure out names for him because I wanted to start praying for him and calling out his name. And we went through that process and decided to name him Nicholas, which means warrior. And um, I remember even the positioning that they that the twins were in my body. Uh, his twin sister's name is Nia. And the entire pregnancy, she was, like straight up and down, uh, you know, a, a breach type of, of position. And he was, a, he was transverse. So he was just laying across my body on top of her head. And, um, you know, I, I consider even that now when I look back and reflect on how she was always holding him up. And to this day, she's always like that with him. So, you know, as as God was was making it clear what was going on, I still wasn't clear on what my ministry was. I just was able to see how he made things work, how he allowed things to work for me. Um, I did not go into much depression because I had a two-year-old. My oldest daughter, Nadia, she was just a little tyke, so I couldn't, like, lose it and, and, and not have myself together because I had to take care of her. Um, but I, I, I can tell you that I know it was a ball of emotions, and I, and I, you know, just wanted to make sure that I did the right thing. I wasn't the youngest mother. I was 40 when I had the twins and and I just wanted to make sure that I did a good job and that and that God was well pleased with the decisions that I was making. And once having the twins, um, 
and getting a phone call over in the in the morning after the, they had been born and Nicholas had indeed undergone his blood test, they did confirm that he had Down syndrome. And you know when you when you hear diagnosis um, and you're kind of unsure about stuff, it it does make you fearful. But to compact compound on his, he had a heart defect. So it was like you know, I had to really, really get myself in a position with God to be able to cry out to God and say, hey, I need you now because my mother is here, but it doesn't matter what her checkbook looks like. She can't write a check and fix this. And my dad was there with me, and it didn't matter how much of a protector he was and how strong he was. He couldn't fight anybody and slay that um, that condition and make things okay for me. And I knew I had to go in the, into battle for my baby on my on 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 my court. I had to go in. And I remember um so vividly I can remember my parents being in the hospital room with me and the nurse came in and I kept feeling an urge to pray. And I knew I was gonna be in tears praying and I knew that my parents weren't gonna be able to take me crying. So I told the nurse, Can you help me get into the bathroom? And I got in the shower, and she asked me that I wanted to stay. I said, no, please leave me. And she left out of the room, and I remember turning on the the water to the shower, and I turned on the water in the sink just to create the loudest noise I possibly could. And I got in that shower, and I can say that that was my first time ever doing a, a wailing war cry out to God. And... From that point to this, that has been my thing. Um, if, if anybody knows me, it might say, "Why does she take so many showers?" It's because I can go in and I know I'm here. I can I can meet God there when it's something I need to hear from Him. Um, mm-hmm. But Nicholas taught me how to pray different. <laughs> I didn't realize then that he was discipling through his disability because. He taught me how to pray different in that moment. Um, and as he he spent his first 42 days of life in that hospital, he underwent six surgeries, none of them on his heart. It was for other things that, that Down syndrome um, genetically was affecting him. He had to have a colostomy, um, and he had to have a couple surgeries before the colostomy was done. So um, it was little things, but it was enough to where he had to go go under and be put under for his for, to get his little repairs done in his stomach, his 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 gut. We called it gut and butt uh, surgery, and <laughs> he came out like a champ. And one of the things that I do remember is that he had, you know, a couple different surgeons 
But they would come back to to the room and say things went better than we expected. And when you can hear one person say things went better than we expected, and then another person come along who who was not with that first person, and they say the same exact words, God was letting me know that he had already been been there and he had already had things worked out and that I just had to trust the process. Um, because he already had things under control. So I still didn't realize what my ministry was, but I was actually living it. I was in it. I was uh, feeling it. I was going through these emotions that I would later need. I was experiencing some things that I that now I can say I, I later would need. So, you know, I, I, I would stop here and say to whoever's listening is embrace whatever it is that can, might be hurtful to you and take it as that you are learning something that you probably need or will need when you get a, when you get a little ways down, when, when, uh when God is revealing something else to you, because you, you may have to hone back in on these things, you know, um, thinking about life lessons, things don't always feel good. They don't always um, go down good. We may have to choke it down sometimes, but Mm -hmm. we know that all things are working together for our good. So, um, I know that I was called to this, and I, and I'm I'm determined that I would uh, I'll learn from him, and as I learn from him, I'll teach us uh, that each one teach one type of thing. Mm-hmm. And to think about some somebody so small that can teach you life life so big. Um, it was just amazing to me. He still he still amazes me with the things that he's able to do. Because Nicholas has a disability, but the disability doesn't have him. Mm. He doesn't he doesn't think that he can't do anything. He he tries everything that comes before him. Um I was remembering a time as I as I was uh, contemplating today's segment and um, reflecting back, I remember um, by him having a twin sister. I really think that has been the best thing for him because she doesn't see anything different about him. He's just her brother, and if she can do it, she believes he can do it. And I remember that trying to get him to learn how to suck a bottle or suck out of a straw. And I I will digress to say that with a heart condition, you get tired and you even get tired of eating. And Nicholas got tired and he got to a point where he was tired from eating. So he had to have a feeding tube, which is one of those surgeries I was telling you about. Um, So, after his heart surgery and when he's supposed to have a little more energy, 
we wanted to try him eating again and sucking again and and to and to learn those skills and I mean I was getting frustrated. They have every type of sippy cup and uh little bear cups you squeeze and I mean we bought everything. If my mother saw something online, she bought it. We tried everything we could get our hands on and nothing seemed to work. And just one day out of the blue, his twin sister Nia took a cup, probably a McDonald's cup, just, you know, some generic cup with a straw in it. And she kept finagling it around in his mouth until he finally sucked through the straw. And when he did it, it registered with him how to suck through a straw. And he's been using the straw ever since. Mm. So, you know, I don't limit him because I know that he has his own little advocate, which is his sister, who is going to make sure that he that that he's staying up to par with her. And as they 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 were growing up, um, as they've been growing up, you know, as she learned different skills, he wanted to try to to learn the skill with her. And and my oldest daughter uh, Nadia, his big sister, she would. You know, she was she's more mothering of him, but she would also, you know, come on, we we cheer him on. And by the time he finally even learned how to walk, he had a lot of balance issues, and um, he he would want to be so proud of himself. And I remember one time uh, he saw his sisters throwing away their their plates. They'd eat something, they throw the plate away, paper plates. I called it my fine china. Um, but he wanted to do the same thing. And so one day he came and he had, he, he, I can't remember how he was communicating at the time because he did have to learn sign language at one point, but he let me know he wanted to play the way. And, you know, I, I was hesitant because I was thinking, you, you know, he can't hardly walk. He doesn't balance well, but I didn't want to tell him no because I didn't want him to stop wanting to try and I gave him the plate and we all stood there me Nadia and me and we stood there and we watched him and he teeter-totted his way over to the trash can and he played in the trash can and I think we all have been holding our breath because we just wanted him to be successful and when he did it we cheered like Somebody had won the Super Bowl. We were so happy that he was making accomplishments that he wanted to make. And, um, you know, just from that, we've, we've just continued to uh, to grow as a, as a family. And as, and as you, you, you hear me say that my, my daughters have been the ones that have helped me and my, my parents have been the ones that have helped me and, and my sister has been the one to help me. Um, as you stated, I was also faced with uh, pending divorce. So, you know, um, there is a high uh, percentage of marriages that do not work when you have a child with disabilities. Um a lot of things that I have read, and I can see it being true, is that a mother will start tending to the child more than she tends to the marriage relationship. 
um, your, her priorities would change. And sometimes with men, when they can't fix a problem, it's not so easy for them. And so, unfortunately, you know, our family went through that, um, and and we we are part of that statistic. So I I know that it, it is a challenge sometimes um, when when you're dealing as being a single parent, but. Without my village, I know I could not make it. And without my daughters, I know that I, you know, I'd have a, a much rougher time um, dealing with the circumstances and the situations that I was going through at the time. But, you know, ultimately we we have made it and, we, and we've done well. Um, Nicholas is thriving uh, as he has, has grown up. We he's he's participated in the normal things that kids do. Uh, one of the first, what I'll say, the first normal things that kids do is they go to birthday parties. Um, I I share in my book the first birthday party that we went to was at a bounce house place, and now remember I said Nicholas had problems with balance and. You know, I didn't want him to be left out, and the the parent who invited us, you know, said, make sure you bring Nicholas. And then I was thinking, okay, we'll be fine because his sisters are there, and they'll be in the bounce house with him. Well, his sisters were there, and and we did go into the bounce house area together, but when they saw their friends and saw two or three bounce houses, they just got so happy, they took off running, and they left Nicholas. And um, he wanted to participate. I was afraid for him to participate, um, but I I didn't hold him back. And and he went into he wanted to get in a bounce house, and I helped him get in there. And you know there were other kids in there, and I and as much as I wanted to say, y'all be careful, don't step on my baby. And, and all, you know, they were kids too, and they wanted to enjoy the party. And so I sat back and and I kind of let Nicholas navigate himself through there. And he sat in the middle of the of the bounce house, and the other kids jumped all around him. And every time they jumped, I would flinch because I didn't want somebody to jump on him. But he smiled and he laughed. He was so happy just to be there with them that it let me know that he was okay with not being able to do the same things that they did, but he was still included. Mm-hmm. And that that for me was a turning point as well because I knew I wasn't going to be able to hold him back. Um and that there wasn't going to be a need for me to hold him back. What I needed to do was to teach him how to how to get along with others and how to make sure that he's safe in a in a situation where he may not be functioning at a hundred percent like they are. But um, uh, in considering uh, how he how he is, he's driven. He he wants to do. And I refused to to hold him back. Um, but in that, I learned 
how to find out what the system has out there for him, to find out what the government has out there for him. Um, I have learned how to how to talk to people differently, how to find out information, how to ask questions that I didn't know should be asked. Um, I, I've learned more medical than I can say I ever probably wanted to know. Um, and then there's some sides that kind of uh, can be a little heartbreaking sometimes. I, I, I look at my oldest daughter, who is 11 years old, who never learned how to ride a bicycle, but she can operate a feeding pump and she can operate a breathing machine because she was my help. Um, mm-hmm. I just pray that it's something that she learned from this discipling through the disability that she'll, that she'll take and go a little further with. Um, I, I, it's my prayer that, that we'll look back on these of them being young and, and see we learned something in it that we'll need, you know, in a few years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also learned to have a, a more compassionate heart. Um, one of my biggest joys is talking to another mother who is in the boat I used to be in because I can get back in the boat with, with her and say, hey, you know, you're you going to be okay. None of this mm-hmm. feels good. You know, none of this, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like seeing sick kids either. But let's look at some positives. Your baby's still here. Uh, there's still hope. We we have a God that, that loves us, and he doesn't make any mistakes. So let's find out what it is that we need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in learning those things and, and learning that, that has helped me figure out what my ministry is and mm-hmm. what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, and And when I can hear from another parent, hear from another mother. I have one one uh, new sister. I hope she's listening today um, in New York. We call her Candy, uh, last name Brown. Hope she's <laughs> listening. She has, I don't know how she found me, um, but I know what she's been through. And God has allowed me to see if I can just help one somebody and say one thing to somebody that will help them. I'm good. I, I, you know, um, I'm grateful that I've had an opportunity to meet more parents. Um, and especially through the Down syndrome community, uh, and, and even on the national level, um, being able to meet other parents, and be able to say, hey, you can still learn something and things can still be taught through this, this, this very disability. Because what I learned, uh, Charles, is that I have more disabilities than Nicholas has. Now, he has a whole bunch of things that's diagnosed. But I have more disabilities than he does. And the disabilities that I have are things that we all face. I've, I've, I've had fear, and fear has disabled me sometimes. Um, I've had depressive times, 
depression has disabled me sometimes. Anxiety has uh, disabled me sometimes. Anger has disabled me sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, I so I, I'm learning that even though we go through things that disable us, it doesn't mean that we can't teach somebody or that we can't learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Now, with that, excuse me, in going through those those steps, those situations, um, can you tell us some of the stages that you applied to your life to be able to kind of help you navigate to where you are today? Yes, and I'm glad that you um, you brought it up. Um, on my website, I do have listed, and the, and they're also listed in my book, five stages of coping with a disability. And when you recognize the stage, and you recognize the stages that you that you're in or that you go through, it'll kind of help you start putting things in perspective for you. So the first stage is denial. Um, that not me, not my baby type thing. Um. You're, you're trying to say, no, this, you know, this can't be happening to me. When you realize that, hey, I can't, I can't pinch myself and make all of this go away. This isn't a bad dream. Um, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to, to grieve. A lot of times we don't think that we should grieve anything if we haven't lost it. But what I had to learn is that I did have to grieve because I lost the baby that I thought I was going to have. I thought I was going to have two healthy babies, but I lost that healthy baby that I thought in my thoughts that I was going to have. So I had to go through a grieving stage in that in with that denial. Why, you know, not me, not me going through this. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you can't explain your emotions. Um, Denial is just that You go through denial But you don't stay there You'll also find yourself That you'll go through anger This Mm -hmm. isn't fair I've already gone through enough stuff in my life Um, Why 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 God Would I have to to have a child With a disability I'm already dealing with this this and this And you get upset You know um, you, You why why do why does my friend or my coworker have a healthy baby and I don't? Um, those things just be open and honest about it because anger mm-hmm. is real. Um, I didn't have those happy stories to tell in this, with this pregnancy with with this pregnancy or following it. You know, my story was basically I had a, a C section. I took one baby home. I lied to my mama and told her that the doctor said I could drive when he did not say I could drive. And I was going back and forth to the hospital every day to to see Nicholas. And I was upset. You know, I didn't think that I should have to go through that. I did it, but I didn't like it. I was angry. Um, So that stage is, is very, very real. Then you go through a stage of what I call negotiating. Um, and that's when you you have that theory, and you said this in the introduction. 
what you how you thought life was gonna be. You had this theory, but it change things change up. Your kids change up, their personalities change up and a lot of times their plan doesn't line up with your plan. Um we know kid typical children, children who don't have a, a diagnosis, they change from day to day. But a child with a diagnosis, those changes will cause you to be a little bit more flexible because they could pop up at any time. I share in my book how I used to envy parents who could just take their kid to McDonald's and buy them a Happy Meal and, and all is well. That wasn't my story. When I, I remember the first time traveling and traveling with Nicholas, we had to pack food. We had to pack things that he would eat because he had a lot of aversions because he didn't get accustomed to eating because his heart was bad and he was too tired to eat. So by the time he did start eating, his diet was much different than everybody else's. So it caused me to go through a lot of, of extra stuff. And then we had to stop. So you couldn't, if you were traveling, taking a road trip, you couldn't just pass him a sandwich or, you know, or some fruit snacks or whatever and keep driving. Mm-mm. We had to stop, pull over, prepare what he was going to eat. And some, uh, a trip that may have taken anybody else three hours is going to take seven hours because of our stopping. So mm-hmm. it just causes you to be a little more uh, flexible in, 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 what you, in what you have going on. And then another stage is depression. Um. I had to learn not to be ashamed of what my son could not do, but to embrace the things that he could do. And I stopped calling it in my household down syndrome. We call it up syndrome. We hmm. celebrate his accomplishments. We, uh, we look at the, we, we, dis, we dis disability. We have ability. Um, Mm -hmm. And we look at what is he strong in, and we build on that. Uh, But the physical disabilities, they can cause you to be stressed. Um, You know, Nichols didn't start really walking well until he was well into his threes. He was was a good three years old. Now, the the benefit for me was he's not a big child. He was kind of skinny, so I could still carry him and, and as the old people say I could still pack him where I needed to go but hmm. um, it can be depressive because you see everybody else walking and in jump houses as I was sharing with you but um, but in recognizing that, that, that those things can can give, give you a sense of depression and then lastly I'll say acceptance um, that is where I would say I currently am in ministry um, this my book, Deciphering Through Your Disability. I also teach a workshop from it. I've had an opportunity to teach a workshop for the National Down Syndrome Congress Convention. I taught last year in uh, California, and I've been invited back this year, which will be here in Dallas. And where I taught, what I teach from is how you incorporate the home, the church and the school and the community in teaching my child. Nicholas 
will be successful at home. He'll be successful at school. He'll be successful in church, and he'll be successful in in the community because I'm his advocate, and mm. I I will do what I have to do to make sure that he's recognized, even though he does have a disability. At home, he has responsibility. He has to clean his room. He has to clean his area. He may not clean it to my satisfaction, but he knows you put your shoes in the closet. You put your toys in the cubby. So he has what he can be successful with. At school, he has an awesome teacher, Miss Garza. We're on social media, and, and, and I, I sing her praises because she she wants to see him successful. When we completed this book, I wanted him to be able to sign the book with me, and she worked. I was telling her when the book was going to be released and, and when I was going to have uh, our, our first book signing, and she worked hard to make sure that he was able to sign his name. And he has taken such pride in being able to do that. So he he has goals at school that um, to make sure that he's going to be successful. And then at church, I I mean, his church family loves him. He is on the usher board, the youth usher board. He is one of the church drummers. And even when he is not drumming on beat, nobody has a problem with it because Nicholas is a faith is a faithful member. He's gonna be there on time and he's gonna be ready. Um <laughs> even on today he participated in the black history program. He's not an outcast. He's included in everything. And um then in the community um you have different organizations that you can uh volunteer with. Uh we were able to to give donations for the Hurricane Harvey relief, and uh, and then Nicholas also is in a mentoring program, the Sigma Beta Club through Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity. Um, so he he is a valid member in the body of Christ. He is a valid member at his school amongst his peers, and he is a valid member in the community. So those yeah. those steps we you know it's important to identify them to to embrace them and recognize them but don't don't let them stall out what you're doing and you know I see my I see those steps for myself through my child having a disability but you can go through those same have those same steps when it's just you. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes things go on in our lives that disable us. So you still can take those same principles and apply them to your life, even with your own disability. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I will say this number one, even I saw some of the pictures and even the video of uh, Nick playing the drums and, you know, just getting a chance to even interact with him myself he's very very upbeat he's very welcoming it's like you know him when he smiled it's like it changes the atmosphere 
and uh, he's he's yeah. really a jewel. He's really a jewel, and and uh, and I was so so glad for him to be able to just. As a matter of fact, uh, when we went to uh, Houston, and I got a chance to see him in Houston, and yes, for the him, book signing, yes. yes, 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 for him to sign, for him to be able to uh, not just participate, but for him to realize that those people that were there at the table, they weren't just there to see the book. They were there to see him, you know, and uh, yeah. for me to be able to uh, see him and, you know, like I said, just smiling and looking dapper. That's, that's another thing I have to say. He always <laughs> looked dapper. So we credit, we credit yeah. you to that, you know. Yes. Well, I thank yeah. you. It and it's a part of what you do when you're when you're raising your child, even if you're raising the child without a disability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People that you have them around, it is very important because you 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 said Nicholas looks dapper. Nicholas loves to wear a suit, but when hmm. I put it on him, you know what he says? He says I'm pastor. Well, he loves his pastor. And he recognizes that when he puts his suit on, that that's who he's emulating. And there's a certain standard. He doesn't yeah. get messy when he's in it. He doesn't think he's supposed to play in it. But I didn't teach him that. That's what he saw from the people mm. that I have him around. Yeah. He sees, you know, he, he sees his own family members, his, his pawpaw, his uncles. You know, when they have their suits on, it's a different way that you act and behave than when you have your shorts and tennis shoes on. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of that is important when you're when you're exposing your your child and, and exposing yourself. You know, things that you that you see and what you're around, they do uh they they do have some bearing on how you act and respond. And it's just and I and I've I've learned that even through Nicholas. Yes, and I will. I will say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this right quick. You know, even what you were describing, a lot of people don't realize this, but whatever you deal with, you end up looking for answers. You you end up looking for solutions. And actuality, that's actually your purpose or your ministry. It leads you to your purpose and ministry. You know, there's a lot of questions that you end up having. And when you have so many questions, sometimes you, you know what, you take it upon yourself to look for those answers. And that, mm-hmm. that's part of our assignment, our purpose, our ministry. And for you to be able to look for those answers, and now you have some of those answers and you sharing those answers to many of those other people's questions that they have today, you know. So... You are absolutely but, correct. I heard a sermon um, by T.D. Jakes, but and I don't remember the, the title of it, but what he said was become somebody's answer because there's a problem out there waiting for you, but become a, you, once you have an answer, the problems will find you. And, you know, I share Nicholas because, I know because of seeing him that some things that I have been uh, put on our kids that have disabilities, 
and they'll say what they cannot do. Unfortunately, when we hear that all the time, we can begin to embrace that. But I want Nicholas to be able to break those stereotypes. And if God is breaking those types of things and stereotypes in him, it's my duty to show somebody else. I don't do it as a as a prideful way. I do it as a hopeful way. Because mm-hmm. I as I said, Nicholas spent his the first forty two days of his life in the hospital. And for forty two days somebody came by that room to tell me what not to expect from my baby. And I used to tell him, I used to whisper in his ear, You fight hard, I'll pray hard and you gonna mm. fool the world. So a lot of a lot of my sharing is because of what I was told what not to expect. Don't expect him to to, to really talk. Well, that means we're gonna work harder on talking then. And now yeah. I laugh, my sister and I laugh and say, He tell everything. You know, you can't hmm. you, you can't have no private business and he not telling. But hmm. we I was just so concerned about him talking. Use your words, Nicholas. Use your words, Nicholas. And so now we work on enunciation to make sure that he's clear because he has the vocabulary. He know mm-hmm. and he has the thought process. He puts sentences mm-hmm. together. We just now work on the clarity of the sentence. So, you know, I um and and playing sports. He plays golf and he's learned how to play the drum. You you know, I, I don't I'll never say what he can't do. Now, it may take him longer to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. He may have to have it told to him in a different manner. He's on the usher board at church and I've told the director, when you're teaching him something, if it seems like he's not getting it, come find me because I may mm-hmm. just need to say it to him differently in mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. in a vocabulary that he understands. So you know, you you might have to make some adjustments to uh, to teaching him, but he can learn, and he wants to learn. He wants to do it. So you know that that's one thing that I that I love to encourage uh, mothers of, of of children that have that have a diagnosis. Don't let tell you what not to expect from your from your child. You you figure out how to teach them, and I and I just I, I'm a firm believer that you know God will will honor that that prayer, and He'll honor your diligence and 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 you know you you will see some some significant some significant changes in in your child and and in what they can do. You know, will will my baby ever be able to speak very clearly? I don't know, but we're gonna try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and and that and that's how that's the approach I take on everything. I don't know if he'll be able to do it, but if he thinks he wants to do it, we're gonna try. Yeah. Now, matter of fact, speaking of speech, I'm a, I want to say this real quick. Can you please tell the story of the young lady that you you told her to teach her son how to speak or teach her son to speak? To communicate, yes. Um, I was uh, had taken. Um, we it, actually it was this past last Easter. 
Um, a group of us had gone from the church, uh, the youth group had gone from the church um, to an activity, and some kind of way, I saw a little boy who had Down syndrome. I could tell by his look. Um, and I saw his mother, and I was drawn to her, and I started walking toward her as I looked at him. And I, Nicholas was with the youth group. They were there, but he was separated from me. And I, and I told her, I said, I said, your son has Down syndrome. And she said, she said, yes. And I said, my son has Down syndrome also. And I asked her her name. And in the midst of introducing myself to her, Nicholas started walking up to me, and he was like, hey, mama, I want to go over here and do this. Can you take me over here? And she stood there and looked at him with her eyes, like, very wide. And she, his this mother looked at me, and she said, I didn't know they could talk. And it felt like a big kick in the chest to me because when she said, I didn't know they could talk. That let me know that she did not have the same confidence in her baby that I had in mine. And I really felt like someone probably had torn her confidence down. So I told her, thing to do, I learned from a therapist, is that you teach your baby to communicate with you. And if he has to do, if he has to learn sign language, if you have to learn, make up your own sign language, you teach him to communicate with you, but then you keep working on words because that's what we did with Nicholas. Nicholas used to sign, and as we worked on words, because I was determined he would talk, he would drop the sign once he could say the word. So I mm-hmm. shared that story with her, um, and Unfortunately, I have not been able to just keep in, in great contact with her. But, yes, you you teach communicate. You know, I was always afraid of if Nicholas was running in an area or about to touch a hot stove, I needed some type of command to keep him safe. And, you know, um, communication is just so important. It's not always talking. I wanted him to talk. I'm a talker, so of course I wanted him to talk. But communicating was what was what was important. And you can take that to whatever level that you want. But it, you know, it just when when you hear when when I heard that, you know, I had to go back and thank God because at first I was upset because she said it, and Mm -hmm. um, but then I had to go back and thank God because it gave me an extra push at knowing this is what I need to be doing. People need to know that, yes, these children can do the same thing as as typical children. They can do the same thing as their peers. We may have to teach them differently. They may, you know, they, they may not be able to do it to as well as their peers, but they can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do want to say this, um, you know, even even what you went through and with with Nicholas, and then leading up to a divorce, it's important for people mm-hmm. to know that even you being saved, even you being in ministry, there are some things that can happen that's out of your control, and unfortunately. 
sometimes some people, instead of, you know, helping, instead of saying, you know what, I'm sorry to hear, I'm praying for you, we love you in a way we can help. Unfortunately, some people, instead of coming to help, they come and, well, what's going on? Oh, well, why is it? Oh, well, they must have did this, they must have did that. These are the type mm-hmm. of these are the type of people that actually hinder God's kingdom from advancing. Or I ain't gonna say they try to. I'll say it like that. Mm-hmm. Because because mm-hmm. people when people go through things, they don't need anybody to try to find out well what's going on or hmm or they try to if you wanna say judge or try to become God to sentence someone when you don't know and it's none of your business, all you need to do is just pray. So Right. You, and you know, I think it, it, it takes a person your um you're absolutely correct to know who you are and for you to know who you are. Um mm-hmm. one of the things I don't I don't remember getting a lot of questions. But I will tell you this. I try to carry myself in a manner of being approachable, mm-hmm. but not approachable to be in my business type of approachable, like right. like that. You know, um, I had three little kids to protect. Um, mm-hmm. Their father and I, we, we are divorced, but we parent well. Mm-hmm. And we parent well mm-hmm. because he knows I'm crazy about my babies, you know, and, yeah. and I know that he loves them. So, we both want what's best for our children. And yeah. that is what's important, is what's best for our children. So far as people wanting to know, of course, people want to know your business. Um, and our family is pretty private and we stick together. Um, one good thing is that everybody in my circle wanted to protect my children. So you weren't going to get to say something off base to me and my my sister going to be okay with it or my mama mm-hmm. going to be okay with it. Mm-mm. We we were all about what is best for these kids, you know. And so um sometimes there are challenges, but you learn to work through them. Um mm-hmm. I was was sharing with you one time when we went through divorce, you know, everybody got to divide property and this, that, and the other. And there was some stuff that I wanted that we had gotten together and it meant more to me, in my opinion, than than it meant to him. And I wanted my stuff. Um, (laughs) And, you know, that was just, you know, I'll be honest, it was my stuff. I wanted it. And because he said he wanted it, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna not gonna fight you with it, but okay. I know I know I was thinking you only want it because you don't want me to have it. That was that was how I was thinking. But then I had to reflect and say, God was showing me that stuff don't mean nothing. Stuff, you just it's stuff. Well, I can't take it with me. When I die, I'm you know, it's gonna still be here and I'm gonna be gone. I can't take it with me. And as many times as I have heard that, I didn't feel it when I was going through it. So I was upset and I was angry, you know, because now I'm going through a loss. 
and I've I, I lost, I lost my marriage. I've lost a child that I thought was going to be perfect. Now I'm losing my stuff. I'm mad. I'm upset. And God had to work on me and change some things in me. And in that process, once it didn't matter to me anymore and, and my focus was on point, I remember getting a phone call from my ex-husband, and he said, I'm moving out of the house, and I'm bringing you the stuff. And it's kind of comical now because the stuff that I wanted, he had to rent a U-Haul to bring to me. So mm. I, I tell people, God will restore. Because I was sitting at home, and stuff got delivered to me. He had to right, bring me. Right. My, I didn't have to go get it. So, you know, but God had to teach me, don't be dependent on stuff. Don't worry about stuff. Your job, that I, things I need from you, much greater than these little trinkets you, you've accumulated, you know. And so that was a teaching moment for me. Yeah. That, you yeah. know, find out what's important, what, what, what's really important. You know, hmm. I and and deal with that. So, you know, even in ministry, even in being a minister, all that, we still go through the same things, the same tests and trials that, that others go through. Um, right. And we still have to be taught. So, um, but I, I don't like getting in, people's business like that and I don't like mm-hmm. them to get in mind and I I try to pride myself in carrying myself where people yeah. don't think that that's the type of relationship that we're going to have you know right. I, I, I am about you know what what is what does God want from me because you know I, I'm not getting any any younger I try to I try to put my makeup on to try to look younger but my body reminds me that I'm not getting any younger, and I don't want to. When I leave here, I want them to say she gave it all she got. I I want to leave here empty. I want to give it all. Yeah. So I don't have time for for those types of things. You know, it's all about God's business now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, what I want to do, I'm gonna give an opportunity for those who are on the line. I'm gonna give them an opportunity to come and speak with you, if you don't mind. That'll be great. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Rick and Mahal, your program. You're on the air with Dr. Anita Allen Penn. I want to give it all. So I don't have time for those types of things. Hello? It's all about God's business now. Okay. Okay. Then one of your fans still listening. We go to Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Radio Program. You're on the air with Dr. Anita Allen Penn. Hello? Hello? Uh-oh. Oh, hope, hope it didn't scare anybody. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, for those who... Wanted to listen. You're welcome to just listen. It's not mandatory that you say anything, but we just appreciate um, for those who are listening. And um, before we get off the air, if you don't mind, please 
give us some contact information. First of all, how about this? Okay. How about this? Let's do this first. Before we give the contact information, there may be somebody that's listening that may have struggled, may have had some type of situation that was similar to what we spoke about on the air, or it may be something else. There may be a young lady that's going through a divorce. There may be someone that may have just lost their job. Whatever the situation is, even though Dr. Allen spoke about a specific situation, but look at those principles that she outlined and apply those to your life. And if you don't mind, Dr. Penn, if you could just speak to the audience right now, and uh, after you speak to them, if you don't mind leading us into a word of prayer. Okay. Um, again, I want to say thank you for this this forum, this opportunity that we can address some things that are are for real in our society. Um, people who have different abilities, they are here. They they are not they are not leaving. They they have to have their place in society. Um, people will go through divorces. We don't make all of the right decisions all the time. We don't always consult God before we we make choices and decisions. Also, for that mother who may be facing um, uh, an unknown situation, this is new territory. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to um, to to not to not know what to do and when to do. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up because God has things in control. It's just going to be that you tap into his resources when it, when with, with whatever it is that you have going on. I want to give you this, uh, this scripture and I, I, it, it helped me. It's a very uh, short scripture, but it's Philippians 4 and 6. And I like it in the New Living Translation where it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. We get ourselves sometimes worked up about things that, we have no control about. So that's why that word says, don't worry about anything because our worrying is not going to help fix it. So instead, what do we do? We pray and we pray about everything, all the big things, all the little things, all the unknown things, all the things that make us afraid. Tell God what you need. He wants to he wants you to talk to him. He mm-hmm. he may know what you need, but he wants to rec- he wants to know that you recognize what you need. So tell him what you need and then mm-hmm. thank him for what he's done. A lot of times trials and our tribulations can be so strong that we forget to do like my pastor says and look in our review mirror. But we have to thank him for the things that he has done. If we if we're still here, 
He's done something great because he's allowed us to stay. So I leave you with that scripture, Philippians 4 and 6. And now I just go before our Father and say, God, we just thank you. We thank you right now, God, for all that you have done for us. We thank you for giving us this opportunity to just sit back, listen, and reflect on how good you are. God, for that mother who may be finding herself making some choices, decisions, and and having some issues with herself, or her child, or her marriage. God, I ask that you touch right now, God, and let her know that you are there, that you have your loving arms of protection around her, and that you care about her, God. God, for that mother who may be struggling right now, not knowing which direction to go, not really feeling you there, God, I ask that you allow her to feel you there. God, for that family who may be struggling right now, the siblings, the, the, the children, the, the sisters, the brothers, the grandparents, God, I ask that you touch everybody who is assigned to a certain family, to a certain family, a certain community that may be struggling, God. God, for those children who you have touched especially and given them an extra gene, God, God, I ask that you allow those parents to see you working through those children, God. God, letting them know that they have a designer gene, a designer's original. Everybody doesn't get that extra gene that you that you have to give, God, and that we must cling to you to find out what it is that we are supposed to do for those children. And, God, I just ask that for those children who are rocking the extra chromosome, I ask that you touch them in a special way, God, that you keep your arms of protection around them as they go off to school, as they go to church. God, keep them protected. Keep your hedge of protection around them all the days of their lives, God. Now, God, I ask a special prayer for the host of this show. God, continue to bless him and anoint him in such a way that he continues to draw attention to you through whatever Christ that we may find ourselves in. God, we ask that you continue to bless us, continue to keep us, and continue to keep us drawn closer and closer to you. Let us not forget that you love us and that everything that we're doing and everything that we're going through is working together for our good. God, we dare not ask you to forgive us of our sins because there are some things that we have left undone, God, and we ask that you bring them to our remembrance so that we will not Forget to do those things that you have at our hand to do. I thank you now, Father, for the journey that you have me on, God. And I thank you for the lives that may be touched through the life of my son, Nicholas, through the life of my daughter, Nadia, through the life of my daughter, Nia, and through my own life, God, through our testimony as a family, God, that you will allow us to touch someone and to to give them the capacity to say, I know that I probably can do this because I've seen it done before. God, I ask that you continue to protect us and keep us. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask it all. Amen. 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 Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for contact information. Yes. um, I am on social media. I am on Facebook. 
I'm on Twitter but and Instagram, and I, I would say I have to do better in following them, but I'm very good on Facebook. And you can find me at Anita Allen Penn or Dr. Anita Allen Penn. For the book, it's Dr. Anita Allen Penn. For me personally and to see updates from Nicholas and to see what we're doing in our village, just go to Anita Allen Penn. I also can be reached at our website, justinthenickoftime.com, justinthenickoftime.com. And Just in the Nick of Time Ministries, uh, we do have the book, Discipling Through Your Disability, available for sale. And it, uh, you can order, purchase your copy at the website. Lastly, as I told you, I, I am passionate about women and uh, helping to improve the lives of young women who are facing major life-changing events. I do mm-hmm. have a nonprofit organization called In My Auntie's Arms. In My Auntie's Arms really reaches out to women ages 18 to 40-ish, and we do uh, things to impact and improve their lives. We want to empower them to have the ability to, uh, to positively overcome any adversities that they have in their lives, and we do that through our what I call SOS sessions or Saving Our Sisters sessions, and we meet monthly. Here in Dallas, in the Dallas Metroplex, we meet monthly the first Saturday of every month. And I also uh, do life coaching. And with our life coaching, we do activities to map out the plan that God has for your life and ways that you can overcome whatever obstacles that you may be facing. Um, We also do mentoring moments where we'll do a little one-on-one one-on-one or five-on-one sessions where the ladies will uh, spend a little time privately with me. Um, I like to have them at my house. We just put on our lounges and sit around and we have talk, just open talk, um, where they can ask me questions and I am transparent, uh, tell them like it is. And we just, you know, I want to make sure that, that, Women are empowered, and they are comfortable in knowing who they are and whose they are. And whatever I can do to give back to them, I definitely will do. Yes. Now, also for those who for, I want to make sure I heard for those who are looking for the website, when you put in just in the nick of time, don't put the K after Nick. Just in the Nick right. N I C of time. Just in the N I C of time dot com. Um, we thank yes. you, thank you. And before we get off the air, we have to make sure. Gonna be a little selfish. I have to make sure <laughs> that we acknowledge the village, the village people. The village. the village people. Yes, yes. I yes. cannot make it without my village. Yes. I, um, man, I am so blessed. I have the best village ever. Nicholas is is blessed with the best village ever. Um, his his grandparents, my mom, Janice Allen, uh, my my dad, William Allen Senior. 
my my uh my bonus dad, Ellis Allen. I am just so um grateful for them and, and their support. I also have to kick a shout out to my sister that everybody knows. Uh, Jamra, if you ever hear Nikki yeah. talk, he's talking about TT. He loves. Yeah. Um, she has been there since before he got here. She was who met me at 22 weeks, going to the doctor to find out what was going on, and she has been by his side ever since. She and her husband, his his uncle Tony. Um, mm-hmm. I had literally we have been out of town, and they have had to register him in different programs, so I'm very, very grateful for him, uh, for them. Uh, my aunt in Italy, Texas, Elmarine Allen, she she will come, Elmarine Allen Bell, and she will come up whenever she can to help out um, at, at my house with the girls. Um, I mean, I, I cannot do life without without them uh his momo his pawpaw um they always stepping in whenever i whenever i need and i hate to call names because i'm not going to remember to call everybody's name but my church family at greater mount pleasant baptist church my pastor dr david henderson jr outstanding um yes yes they accept him for who he is, and he is a he is a valid member, uh, and and he has um, his. I have to say, our choir director, his name Michelle. He's crazy about her, but she makes sure that he is able to participate in any and everything there. Um, uh, his friends, he has so many friends, you know, and his and his bonus aunties. Uh, he, he loves to be with uh, with the Learys and his and his little friend Joshua. So Nicholas is just a regular kid doing whatever he wants to do. He uh, he's funny. Last week he called his godparents in Houston, Texas. We live in Dallas. He called his Gigi and Poppy, the Burtons, in Houston, Texas. On Friday morning at eight thirty, and asked them to come have dinner with him. And by six thirty that evening, they were here. So you know, it just you cannot beat that kind of uh, family and that kind of village. Um, I mean, we have family in Indianapolis that have come down. He, his uncle Bubba drives him around in his red Corvette. He just, you know, he cannot. He he can't have a better village, and I and I encourage anybody who who is facing uh, raising their kids and raising them as a single parent. You need a village to help you be successful. And then I I also uh, want to thank the ladies who I oh my goodness say are on staff with me. Praise God. Um, uh with with the with my organization there's nothing I can ask them to do and they make me look real good um I can't do this by myself I can't be on this call with you for an hour without the village stepping in so i mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for everyone who is attached to us everyone who has 
been attached to Nicholas who who does for him without me even asking um his school uh here in 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 the city uh his teacher Ms. Garza I am just indebted um even prior to going there where he was in school with his Miss Lisa they still stay connected to him and I'm so so grateful um and and if I if I did not call somebody's name, I know I didn't. It, I, um, but just forgive me. I, you, you know my heart. I love you, and I appreciate everybody who steps in and steps up to the plate. Those who I can call at the last minute to do uh, to babysit for me. I I love them. I I cannot do this without them, and I know that God has a blessing for them. Um, for all that they do for me and my three. Yes, yes, and and um, want to say uh, shout out to Miss Allen, Mother Allen. Um, every time I see her, every, excuse me, every time I see you, I see her, and she looks so proud. And I mean, and I. Sometimes I see her from afar and I wonder, does she know me? You know, so every now and then I may go by and just, you know, say <laughs> hi or whatever. But I'm so, I, I get a joy getting the chance to uh, see her and support you. And it looked like she's your biggest fan, you know. So I wanted, I wanted to say hello to her and also, of course, uh, uh, J- I'm I'm always I'm always jacking up stuff yeah, when I'm on the air. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, your I call classmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Jamara, yeah. um, hello yeah. to her. Went to school with her and everything. When I saw her in class, I was like, "Wow, good to see her." So, so I'm great, young yes. lady. You know, so um, I do want to uh, thank you. For coming in okay. and ministering to us and and us a lot of uh, nuggets to help us and also I'm praying that along with you helping us and helping those who may need to be educated, we praying that God continue to bless you. God continue to give you okay. not just Thank not you. just uh, favor, blessings, many avenues and. I'm praying that for those who did not get her information, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna see if I can have it on the link to this podcast. And once again we thank you and always feel free to come by and visit us anytime. Thank you and, and uh, please keep us one a- more thing. Yes ma'am, yes ma'am. Can I do one more? I I'm looking here in my notes. I um one more way of reaching me. Um if anybody wants to um uh, contact me with the through the nonprofit, I have a PO box. Uh PO okay. box 2571 in Red Oak, Texas 75154. Uh if you want to support us in any type of way and support ministry going forth, you can uh you can support via the PO box um in my auntie's arms that's the nonprofit organization and uh just to help these types of things go forth um and to help me to reach more people i would greatly greatly appreciate it yes 
Yes, and if you don't mind, for those who are listening, uh, please continue to support, pray, follow her. Like I said, um, I'm going to make sure as soon as we get off the air, I'm going to put the links to the um, to the podcast. So when you pull up in this, on this episode, then you can be able to get in contact with her. So all means, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking our time out of your schedule to, to feed us, to minister to us, to uh, educate us. Well, thank you so much for having me. You are you are a great asset, and I, I appreciate you for not being stingy uh, with your with with your with with your just with yourself, with that you can do, um, and the people that you reach. Because a lot of times we don't want to share our resources, and I really appreciate you for sharing this resource to allow my works to go forth to someone that I may be able to assist. So I do appreciate you. Um, I'm I'm honored, you know. Like I said, this this is about uh, not my business, but this is about our father's business. God's and, business, that's and, it. <laughs> and that's that's where I look at it. And all I can say is, um, God has been so so good to me. And the same God that we often talk about, He wants us to let people know, not only that He's good, but He wants us to be able to share the goodness that he given to right. us and share with someone yes. else. Yes. Yes. So I, so we I thank, thank you for you. all that you're doing. Oh, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm honored. And uh, one of the things that we often tell the people uh, in my, in, in our circle, in our inner circle, we'll see you at the top. <laughs> yes. See you at the top. Yes, so. All right. Yes. See you at yes, the so. top. Yes. So God bless you. We thank you, and we thank each and every one who tuned in to the show. And God bless yes. you, and good night. Good night.